Welcome to Creative Conversations with Costume Designers. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, us costume designers have a lot to say about what it looks like to tell stories with clothing. I'm your host, Mandy Line. I've been a costume designer for the last 22 years. During COVID-19 lockdown, I felt lost, not being able to make words on a page come to life through costume design. I decided to reach out to my peers, come to find that they felt the same way. I decided to seize the moment and start this podcast. We don't need a lockdown to want to be inspired, motivated, and entertained. So each week, tune in to hear amazing, (laughs) unexpected stories of what it looks like to be a costume designer to them. No one's story is the same. Trust me. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. Each episode is brought to you by the Western Costume Company, your one-stop shop for all your costume needs. I think I've seen my next guest's films probably like five times each. (laughs) She literally changed the way a generation dressed. Welcome my next guest, Marilyn Vance. I am so excited. Thank you. (laughs) You look great. It's all light. Hello. My gosh. Okay. Hello. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. Everybody, we have the legendary, and if it sounds like I'm ever kissing your ass, I am because I'm obsessed with your work and yourself. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? How are you doing right now during this craziness? Uh, Pretty crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But, you know, I'm starting my podcast, so... I'm keeping busy at your coming on. Maybe. Oh, I'd be honored. I'd be there in a second, everybody. So follow Marilyn, and then you'll see her post when this is all happening. And uh, I launch uh, July 1st. Oh, my God. It, that's sooner than we realize. It's almost June 1st. Like I know. I know. <sighs> this and is so you've been, you've been a great inspiration to me. Oh, thank to you. have to connect in such a wonderfully interesting way you know as most people are you know they're all very professional but this is kind of we're real we're down to earth here this is you know true i don't think people get that like i'm not kidding you marilyn i okay let's just get something straight your niece went to school with me my daughter-in-law your daughter that's the connection okay your daughter-in-law because if you guys don't know this her daughter-in-law's Stunning. So I assumed it was Marilyn's daughter or niece because she's so <laughs> stunning. And your granddaughter, her daughter, forget about it. Your, I mean, your whole family is just gorgeous and obviously creative. But I just want to real quick go through a couple of your credits for, you know, anybody watching or anybody tuned in. And I told them that I never refer to my notes because I really study them. But with you, I'm not missing a thing. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Because your credits are endless. So I've got Fast Times on Ridgemont High. I'm going to do the ones that like, you know, I love the most. Breakfast Club, Pretty Woman, The Untouchables, Rocketeer, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then you have something like Predator, Romance in the Stone, Die Hard. You know which one I died for? Throw Mama from the Train. Oh, was that fantastic experience. (sighs) And, and Lindy, she was amazing, that woman. Right. She was yeah. so, she was so, um, 
she, every movie that she played in, she stole the show, right? It was yes, just. she did. And she passed away right after we finished. Right. Yeah. Well, her legend, you know, she will live on Die Hard Roadhouse. You worked with Patrick Swayze? I did. I just wanted to touch you. <laughs> what, a what a wonderful person. He's just a charmer. He, God rest his soul. Seriously. I heard that about him. And I'm glad to know that th that is true. And, you know, I mean, you're, we've got Ann Foley on here. You've got Eduardo Castro. The people tuning in to see you, just like, just making my morning. Yeah, it's so Hi, cool. y'all. <laughs> I know, it's so awesome. Um, also, we're not going to forget Oscar nominee, BAFTA nominee, career achievement award. And this is one thing in my studies of you, people think that being a costume designer turned producer is like a new trend, but you've been doing this for years. Not only are you groundbreaking, but you set this tone of, you started producing forever ago. How did you make that transition? Did it just go, you saw the value in, you know, your worth, obviously. A friend of mine from New York moved out here. Yeah. And he suggested that. He had a lot of money and he wanted to create a production company. And he would be the business and I would be the creative. And we did, for a while, we were doing incredibly well. Right. I created Pacific Blue, you know, the bike car. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and I, I, I went down to Santa Monica and I went to the police there. Ooh. And they, yeah, they gave me their bikes and their uniforms to do a photo shoot for me set it up yeah so we we got it set up at um where were we i'm trying uh at, i believe it was fox yeah. and then barry um diller came on and he threw us off the air he was doing his own thing cleaning up the but we did 103 episodes oh only 103 i think hours, you did. Hours, I'm, I oh, hours but you know what i mean even just to have a costume designer, someone see the value in a costume designer, knowing, I mean, you're, you're learning on the job, but to make that jump, that didn't happen back then. So, you know, something that you did back then is, you know, happening more now, now than ever. Uh, yeah, there's no. more freedom. Uh, and, and for us, we, we're allowed to have ideas, you know, right. we're allowed to talk about them. Maybe they won't happen. Maybe, maybe we'll connect. You know, we don't know. When I just want you to know something that was very interesting, and I don't think I could ever do this again. Yeah. When I did the bike cops, I went to Adidas. And I made a deal with them because I couldn't expect them to make the uniforms. Okay. So I made this kind of a crazy deal where you give me the clothing, I will rearrange it, and they will wear Adidas as cops. And they did, and we redid the things, and that's how we did it, because I never would have had uniforms. There was no way, you know? Now, for something like that, you're right. I don't think that that would happen, like, back today. No, no way. Today. No way. Wow. It's so funny how you don't... very progressive then. I mean, to take a shot with me, it was... Yeah. I mean, I got $100,000 worth of uh, uh, things to rearrange. But guess what? If you don't try, you're not going to get it. So if, obviously. And if you don't ask, you might you never get it. Exactly. Well, it was so funny. I was talking to a couple uh, costume designers yesterday and today, and I'm like, 
what would we ask Marilyn if we had the opportunity and today's the day? And we were laughing so hard this morning, my friend Lux and I, we were saying, we were looking at your credits, then we looked at the dates. 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, everything was on top of each other. Was there, like, you're great at what you do, but you literally did every seminal, influential movies of my teens. Can you touch on, and I know the story's probably really long, but how the heck, number one, did you get in? You know, you've got stories with John Hughes and Joe Silver, but once you were in, how did you become the it girl? Did you realize you were the it girl? No. <laughs> I, was too, I was too busy doing the it guys. You're, you're right. You're too busy dressing James Spader. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> oh, my God. He was amazing at that time in his life. Uh, I'd love to tell him what I really thought of him. I loved him. You know? Really? Yeah. So how did you saw him again. Never. It was just pretty and pink, and that was it? That was it. Oh my God, just what you dressed him in. But how did you even get into this business at this time? Because this time of, of really fun, lighthearted filmmaking was such a, a pivotal point in, in you know, filmmaking. How did you get in? Um, my husband at that time was, uh, he did the music for Animal House. And he, oh. yeah, he was in a singing group called Jamie Americans. I saw that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now he's Kenny Vance and the Planetones. But mm. he's fabulous. Anyway, he did the music and Hi. I was introduced to some of those people. And one person in particular who was an executive at, at the studio. And he was buying into a baseball team. Oh, yeah, a farm team. And he said, you know, I know you designed and everything, but you have your own company and all. He said, you want to take a look? I just got involved with the baseball team, the Durham Bulls. I said, oh, really? Yeah. He said, yeah. So I, I looked at what he had and it was really interesting. Why not? And his partner was very interesting, uh, like an adventurer. Cool. And, great hearing those stories and here yeah. they were buying into Atlanta Braves farm team yeah. Durham Bulls okay so I get to do it I made their uniforms out of spandex I I so yeah right. it's the first time it's the first time and I going to North Carolina to meet them there was tobacco fields all over the place so I made their uniforms that royal blue white and tobacco color. Cool, cool. And, yeah. and we did the logo, which is still today they're using the logo. Really? Yeah, it's a bull jumping through a D with the colors of, yeah, yeah. I, if I had it in front of me, I'd show you. I'm yeah, really yeah. proud of it. I never talk about that. That's so you cool. Know? I wonder if they realized that they had such a legendary designer designing their baseball outfit. <laughs> well, you know, it was just, yeah. They yeah. well, we After I, the fact. I took my boys. We went to the opening night. Their uniforms, their home uniforms, their away uniforms were. They had to wear their away uniforms. They stole it. They ransacked their dressing area and they. Crap! It froze for a second. She'll be right back. It happens all the time.
me. Don't worry. Oh, take good. Okay. <laughs> so you went to the opening night. Yeah. So I take my sons. We, we, we fly down to North Carolina. And there's the big D on, like, the shop where yeah. you go buy souvenirs with the That's book. cool. I was never so proud of, you know. Uh, but t before then, at Universal, uh, Hank Aaron came and picked up the uniforms for the, he was the, they were the Atlanta Braves farm team. Okay. So he was a spokesman. And I, I just couldn't believe it. That was just wild. Yeah, yeah. She opened up a relationship with the head of Universal. Mark, Ned, yeah. At the time, may he rest in peace, Ned Tannen and Tom Mount. And the rest, as they say, is history. I mean, he put me, Ned Tannen put me into the designer's guild. Did you I, assist before that, or you more had no? no. Uh, you just did it. You bet. <laughs> I was gonna grasp on that uh, because that's all I did anyway. I loved. You jumped in. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's like a born leader. I mean, definitely, you got into the baseball uniforms. You, you know, you were working with a musician. It's kind of like this. I mean, obviously, this is what you were meant to do. Um, one of the things that was really uh, kind of a two-part question, I was, let me see, I'm, I never go to my questions. I just want to make sure. Oh, okay. So this is a really good, this is a really good thing. So back then you got to work with John Hughes, Joe Silver, Brian De Palma, all these epic directors. Now in the seventies, you know, it was director driven films. Eighties was producer driven films. Now, true. It's true. And I was talking to my friend this morning, about why aren't films like this anymore? And he said, Mandy, everyone has their fingers in it. There's 35 cooks in the kitchen. And then the script, right? And then their script gets, it, it falls apart. I mean, what would your, uh, you know, um, take on the, how the business was then and now? How do you see it? Well, different? I would, I, I, it's frightening now. It's I know. Pretty, pretty frightening because I just don't know the quality that they're going to be able to, you know, to put out there. Right. Which is sad because there are so many more wonderful stories to be told. Right. And uh, uh, who knows what it'll be? It's very frightening because it certainly won't be what it was. It won't. And I think it's losing the the beauty of the scripts and the lightheartedness of the scripts and you know i'm afraid that you know there's 20 people with 20 things to say then you get to the director then you get to us by the yeah. time it gets to us it's like what is the show becoming because the stuff you worked on they're timeless yeah. you could watch yeah. it today well that i purposely did things like that big shoulders no whatever was happening I steered away from because the Not. film doesn't usually come out until a year or two after you're finished. True. So fashion, if you go straight for what's happening right now, mm -hmm. you already screwed yourself. So. Well, I think that's why a lot of people assume fashion designers set the trends. But if you look at a lot of fashion designers, it's derived from movies and film yeah. and television. They give us good ideas. Right. Take them and run with it our way. And, totally. And, 
Yeah. And I love that because we're, we're, you know, it's so much more original than going with the flow of fashion at that moment. It's really nowhere. It lasts, what, nine months? They're done. Then it's they're, done. Right. They're in another season. They're in another, you know, it's, it's, it's all hype. Well, and, yeah. Well, speaking well, of original, one of my questions was when I was in high school, shopping vintage and shopping thrift wasn't mainstream. But you look at characters like Annie Potts, Ducky, Ferris Bueller. And again, it's going to sound like I'm kissing your butt, but how did you even, was that a lot of vintage derived looks? I was, I dressed that way. <laughs> it was so I wanted to wear the, yeah, the inspiration came I, from. Not Annie Potts, but I did yeah, my yeah. own thing. You yeah, know, I yeah. grew up, uh, my father was the designer, actually. My mother was just a fabulous lady, mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I always, she always bought me clothing. And I'd go to my room and take them apart and put them back together <laughs> the way I liked it. Yeah. we didn't have a lot of money. I wasn't going to hurt her feelings mm. completely. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. She, when she wanted to do something for me. So that was the beginning of ripping and I taught myself how to sew not great but you know and, uh, and and basically I found thrift stores were better at that time right. than my poor mom mom go shop over there bring totally. me back you know armload of stuff you don't have to go to uh, there was a department store called ANS downtown Brooklyn, okay and she loved going there she <laughs> just loved going there because I went to school downtown Brooklyn, the Brooklyn oh, Academy of Music. I was going to ask you because it says a lot of the information says LA native costume designer, but I hear, I hear Brooklyn. That's what I'm hearing. Now, speaking of Ducky, Ducky and Annie Potts, of course, Annie, Annie's schizophrenia of fashion. She was different era in every single scene. Be honest, Wait, did that come all from you or did you guys have a nice collaboration on that? Well, no, I think, <laughs> I think, it, no. I think it came from me. Uh, I didn't have to sell it though. That that's was what I, yeah. thing, that's you know? what I mean. This, this is an idea. Wouldn't that be great? You're such a wonderful character. And it gave her an ability to show her chops, you know, I mean. It would have been so boring if she wound up in that blazer with the guy at the end. You All know, the time, her, totally. Of her journey. <laughs> and Ducky, was that the approach to Ducky's? And later on in my, you know, I'll talk about the fact that I think every designer on here, every college student on here at one point has used your characters as a reference. Seriously, Ducky, was that a hard sell to a guy? Or was he Well, if you met him at first, he was uh, very nerdy. But, I imagine, yeah. But so sweet, really okay. a good guy. And I just went for the, you know, that English look totally. groups. Um, I really enjoyed that. I felt that he didn't have money. They didn't come from anything. Right. He would go and thrift. He did that as well. And, oh, cool. and, and it showed where his head was at. And he would copy those Brits, you know, with the uh -huh. pompadour. Uh -huh. And so, because they were all into music, that was a, a real key. Of the to, era. Yeah. You know, yeah, of that time, especially with Annie Potts, you know. Um, 
Chardet, I love. So yeah. we opened, I had her in that, we, it took three of us to get her into that rubber dress. <gasps> because that's what Chardet always did, the streamlined dress. Oh, oh right. very streamlined. And right. I had her get a huge ponytail, but the hairdresser <laughs> gave her a pompadour. And I said, no, 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 take it away. He wouldn't. So I, you know, I lost that battle. But Annie was so great. It took, we had a powder put baby powder in the dress. Inside the dress, right. <laughs> <laughs> to get her in there. She was a great sport. I mean, you know, uh, they were they were so uh, eager to do yeah. this. They yeah. all loved their characters. I mean, that was so special. That's what I found with the young films. They were really into those characters. That's they why I love it. dressing the youth because they, yeah. as long as they think you're like a little cool, they're like, okay, sure. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to dress adults. I don't want any yeah. adult feedback ever. Right. <laughs> right. Great. Well, you were, you were talking <laughs> about music and yeah. how influential music was. And I yeah. had read, and this is so cool, that when John Hughes would describe a scene, he would have different music sent over from Europe and literally discuss the tone of a scene. Can you please take me back in time to that I moment? I have chills that you're telling me oh. that, I lived that and it was so, I can't even tell you how lucky I feel that right. I was, you know, a witness and involved with that because so special. And he wasn't, you know, an easygoing guy. He knew, though, he was very hip for a, yeah. for a guy that comes from, you know, a hick town. And, right. But uh, honestly, he picked up immediately. He, he had it going on. When I wanted to do another film with him, I said, I want these guys to be like the Teddy Boys. Mm. He knew exactly. He knew. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, was, I had great reference with him, and he did with me because he was so into music as well. Cool. And I, I was so excited to do a film that was so driven by that. And he would say, like, I'm thinking of this song for this scene. Oh, you'd love this. We would go to his house, okay, and we'd read through the script. And he goes, over here, right here, and he drops the song in. Oh, is gonna, so this cool. is going to be playing. So not only did we get to read it and, and you know, absorb it, but yeah. we get we got to hear it and feel it. And oh, God, it, was, yeah. it was quite, it was quite something. So uh, all those things turned me on so much. And, and the inspiration, I mean, that's just like, even, you know, everyone has like, people have writer's block. Sometimes you're stuck on a character. And John Hughes is like, hold on, this song? The biggest, the, the most conservative type. A big smoker, that was the worst. But yeah, he yeah. he was, uh, you'd never think that that would come out of that man's mind. You know, yeah, that no, that kind of coolness. And you know, it's, a, it's that foresight to know this is of the time, the music yeah. is so important, let's put it on film, you know. Now, of all the films I've ever done, yeah. he was the person with the music. I mean, everything, Ferris Bueller, you know, each thing was a progression of him, basically, right. of John. No. And, and it was, was music that we didn't hear. We didn't, as Americans, it's like, where did that come from? You're like, oh, wow, that's New Wave? What is that? Yeah, was, exactly. Uh, the Breakfast Club, Tears of Fears. I can't, uh, I can't. Times was <laughs> pregnant. She was pregnant at the time for the song. Oh. Uh, don't forget about me. And uh, she said, let my husband do it. And he's Tears for Fear. So he went to the studio. That's with right. Kids. 
That's and right. he made his version, but but John used it and he didn't want it. He didn't like it. He yeah. said, and he's not afraid to say, I don't like this, you know? Right. It's like, a, it's like us. We, well, well, I think it's something like, you know, we have to trust our instincts too, because I mean, obviously he was right. I can't even think about the, the movies that you guys created together. Um, one of the uh, most kind of famous characters that you had done iconic and I had done, I had literally based, if anyone had watched Pretty Little Liars, I based a character, Caleb, literally on Judd Nelson the bad guy with the popular girl, you know, like your outfits have become costumes for Halloween. I know. How <laughs> Till this day. They've run out of ideas. What can I say? No, I it's know. because they're friggin' genius. And one of the, I read somewhere, and this is a really cool thing. In Pretty Woman, the um, cutout dress, which was inspired by Rudy Gain Gainrich. Am I saying that right? Gainrich. Gainrich. Yeah. Right? But yeah. here is one a cool fact. So we've got the boots, we've got the dress, the wig and the hat idea. Number two part question. First one, was the wig uh, inspired by you or came from her? Or no, that came from the general consensus of what she, because she had that long, beautiful mane. Yeah. And she but was be she was hooking. So she needed a different identity completely. And that that gave her that. Right. And where'd that hat come from, number one? And where is that hat today? It's right here. <gasps> Shut up. <laughs> no. Uh, during shooting, we were in Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I was wearing my hat, that fisherman's. That's an original Greek Cool. Hat. Yeah. And I was wearing it because I'm a hat head. I love yeah. hats. That's, you know, all. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't wear one today. Anyway. Because <laughs> you're so gorgeous redhead. Let's, this is good. We can have two hats at one time. This is perfect. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, so we start shooting. Yeah. And, and uh, Gary Marshall walks past me. He just takes the hat off my head and puts it on her. And that's what happened. It wasn't planned. <laughs> It was not planned. It was, it's so dope. And uh, no, where's that hat now? Do you really have it? Right here. You seriously right have it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Piggy just jumped because I screamed so loud. He got Piggy. scared. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. I have to do a cameo. Marilyn asked for nothing but one thing. Give me two seconds. Okay. okay. I, I can't make, okay. Can I get a okay. tissue? Oh my. Okay, Marilyn, this is for you. Yeah. <gasps> Piggy! Hello! Hello sleepy. Oh my god, he's so, it's like, he's not real. And Foley told me you big animal lover. You love animals? Oh, yeah. That's what she oh, said. Yeah. She said, oh my gosh, she's like one of the, you know, sweetest women and best, you know, animal oh, mommies. I'm afraid of Aaron, really. We, oh, we and worked together early on. What did you work on together? Uh, mystery Man. And we did a bike, um, roller skating bike squad <laughs> together. If I had, if no one on here has seen Mystery Men, it's something that it was, it was a buzz and then it's forgotten and then it's a buzz again. But you had Bill Macy, um, who's the main guy, the, um, uh, the, 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 the main Jewish guy, the, Oh, ben, oh, ben Stiller. Oh, ben, 
Ben's, yeah, Ben's, uh, are you the, who is the Jewish guy? The Jewish guy with the hair, you know what I mean? No, okay, the funny guy. Okay. Uh, but then you created, um, oh, the Blade Squad, the Roller Blade Squad, and the Disco I mean, that movie was a little bit different than what you had done before. Now, was that fun or hectic? Because it looks like, like, costume after costume, like. It could have been fun. It's the greatest uh, story only because I got my own factory. We made everything. You did. Display, everything. We had shoes. We had jewelry. We had, you, we built a Greg Kinnear super outfit. The, yeah, the, the muscle well, suit. Everything was done in our factory. And um, it was the most amount of money I have ever been mm -hmm. given in a budget in my entire career and it was used well we did yeah. we did great and it's unfortunate you know bill macy and uh, uh ben did not get along that well mm, and it, I can it, see. It, it was uncomfortable on some level when they're shooting you know right but it was talk about innovation you know and yeah. i i this director came out of commercials okay he, he did the commercial with the little chihuahua Oh, the Paquita, the Taco Bell one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's claim to fame, right. And um, he was a very odd person, yeah, but yeah. we managed to work around him and got things done. And it was his first film. I mean, they gave him this huge film. With all those cast members? Because his commercial, you know, broke the ceiling. Well, you know what? It's still the costumes. I mean, I'm going to be totally honest. The costumes make the film. Not that it's not good, but I think the costumes and the different personalities of the costumes. Dude, I was dying. That, that movie still, it's something that you can tune into to visually just stimulate yourself. I, but I don't know why I didn't do better with that talent, you know? Yeah, but I you just... know what? I've worked on a show before, and you'll, you'll know this. Sometimes when things don't gel behind the camera, it sometimes yeah. it doesn't resonate outside the, you know, it sometimes it seeps through. I think you might be right with that. Yeah, yeah, it's that. not, it was uh, difficult when they were together on the set, so. Yeah, I heard that actually in, in, you know, I mean, I've been there when, you know, it didn't work out, but you know what, we do our job. We try to make them happy. Oh yeah, you just keep, you got blinders on, you know, mm -hmm. like a horse. You're like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, just make them happy with my costumes. Um, <clears throat> okay, so Molly Ringwald, and I know you've probably got this question 10 billion times, but I don't care. So Molly Ringwald's dress in Pretty in Pink and Adventures, uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Those- she was, I didn't do No, that. I know, but, but I'm oh. saying, those two films are literally why I wanted to be a costume designer. Because, really? oh, dead serious, because I had no money growing up. I used to make my clothes. You can ask your daughter-in-law. The clothes that I would come up with every day was like, I would take, I'll never forget, I took a terry cloth towel and I didn't sew the edges, but I made it a skirt. And halfway through the day, my skirt shrunk because all the terry cloth, like I didn't even <laughs> know what the F I was doing. But like Molly Ringwald, the dress that she created isn't what it started you know, out to be. Can you tell me a little bit about that process to get to that point? I mean, you showed some pictures on Instagram. I want to know what was going down in those photos. Well, um, it, 
she wanted to be like all the other girls and it just wasn't going to work. Yeah. She wasn't with strapless, you know, with a full skirt at that time that was really happening. Yeah. And the other girls, a lot of them were dressed like that. I dressed a lot of them that way, but she is a different, she was a real character. She was an outsider. She was an original. That's and, it. She was an original. Yep. And so if you know that scene where she sketches, she's wearing that black uh, cutaway mm -hmm. and she's, she's sketching for the dress. Yeah. And so she touches this. <gasps> That's and where you then, got the neck part. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. And so I put the two things together. That was me sewing on the, on the set. <laughs> That's what I saw. Now did the, was the approval process like here, like to the director, to the actor, or was it like, the final picture was it piece by piece because it was so special with the cold shoulder you know was it was that process a hard approval process or just you just nailed it uh it was not easy yeah. but but it was understandable what you know she and her her oh, she hated it so with such a passion hated it i never saw anything like it and she was in her trailer with her tutor and um I had brought the dress here, and the tutor's telling her how awful it is, too. Don't you, don't you hate when other people have their comments? Like, oh, my God. Stop and, talking. And she's a young girl. I'm not going to start with the teacher in front of her. Right. But that was completely out of line. Anyway, I, so I put the, you know, I, she said, I hate this. I'm not wearing it. It's yeah. a potato sack. It's, a, you know, whatever it is, it's not mine. It's not for me. I hate it. Mm. Okay. I said, but Molly, your character. That's you the difference. Are, Separate. Yeah. You're original. You're not going to dress like that. No. <sighs> so she, when in the film, she goes to Annie Potts and Annie gives her her dress. And so she takes Annie's dress and then her father goes out who has no money. I know. So, I, I know. I'm so pleased to have worked mm. with him. Uh, he, he had no oh, yeah, he, that was Harry Dean Stanton, right? Oh, crap, he just froze. Right on. Okay, he just, yeah. He I had, love him. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was, you know, the scene with him and Ducky mm -hmm, mm -hmm. talking and giving us advice. Yeah, yeah. Of, of all the two different types, it's just so funny. The two different types of men trying to get exactly. real. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> oh, my God, John Cryer is really a super nerd for real, but real a, beautiful, life, yeah. a beautiful one, you know, yeah. I love it. and uh, it, it was just interesting. So she's in bed sketching and she touches this and she yeah. has Annie's dress and she has her father, you know, the father's dress. And uh, you see her touching that gives her the feeling of where you are going to see what she's doing. So that was the inspiration and she's in bed and she's touching this. That gave me the idea to do that. She's wearing a black version of um, that. So that translated. Yeah. How did you get her on set? How did you finally convince her just like, this is who the character is. I promise oh, you she, trust. She had her teacher hating it with yeah. her. Yeah. And they were in the trailer and it was them against me. And I said, I'm not against anybody. This is the story. Totally, Aren't okay. Telling a story. And you know, and Molly, you're an incredible young actress. Yeah. I mean, 
if anybody knows her, you do. Yeah, but I want to wear, you know, she wanted to be Madonna or something. They just want to feel, yeah, I know, yeah. I've experienced so, that. So John Hughes heard about what was going on and Howie Deutsch, the director. John oh my gosh, that's own... right. Howie did this. I know Howie. I love yeah. Howie. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I forgot he did that. And Howie's wife is Leah Thompson. I did, she was in Fast Times. And I was gonna connect, okay, this is the smallest world. Okay, go ahead, so Howie yeah. got wind of this. So Howie, yeah, and Howie was on her side, which hurt me, and I said, oh. Howie, it, this is, it's not the story. Don't you want the visual to right. encapsulate yeah. what is going on? Totally. And yeah, so John Hughes stepped in, and first John said, well, I don't want her to be unhappy. I said, well, she's not unhappy. She's miserable. <laughs> he said, it's gone past that. It's miserable. But I said, John, you're a storyteller. I go by you with the story. Totally. Now, this is where she would be at. Right. She is her own person. She makes her clothing. She put two gowns together. We saw her get them. And um, it doesn't make sense to yeah. have a little, you know, Madonna with the earring and the I gave her that in the barn with Andrew. I gave right. her with her cardigan. I you you make her, look. you find the balance between, okay, here, let me do this here. So did John Hughes was the final straw that just convinced her, you know? Well, he said, he, when I told him, I'm going by your story. Okay, this exactly. is your And what do you think? And he said, you're right. She's going to wear it. And I that love was, it. And that was that. I never heard back from them. Nothing. I just had it prepared when the time came. Yeah. Well, this, you guys this were, was such nice. a pleasure. Dewey, he was the most musical. I mean, he yeah. was so into great yeah. music. He would, I told you, he would drop things. We would listen. He'd go, right here, this is going to play. Well, if you think of Pretty in Pink, you, I, I'm, I'm, again, I love, love to just like make you feel good. You think of two things. When I think of Pretty in Pink, I think of the dress and I think of the music. Like it really, your guys' relationship yeah. set a tone. You really made it come to life. Uh, one of your other films that, I didn't know any of this, but I started doing some digging. So Untouchables, when I was young, I remember my mom just was, my mom would sit down and go, oh, Sean Connery and Andy <laughs> Garcia. She would tell me how hot these guys were. You got to... No, go for it. Tell me. Tell me how hot it was. Like That was Andy was so green. He just, you know, he was wonderful, though. It was the first thing I think he ever really did. And he was with Sean Connery. And Kevin wasn't huge, but he was a known factor. Yeah, yeah. And he got to work with them. And it was great. And De Niro. Hello. Like Oh, he came on toward the end of the show. Okay, okay. Every, he was in Italy gaining weight and getting his makeup and hair done right. by people that he had worked with before. Okay. And so uh, I didn't meet him until the end, but I'll tell you, The Untouchables is an incredible story. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I read an article about, um, and this kind of happened on Black Swan also, where you're the costume oh. designer, you get a... Uh, I don't know if it was the studios or if it was the director or how Armani got involved. But when you watch Black My Swan, fault. I brought him. You did it? 
because I did Eddie Murphy 48 hours. And Eddie, in the script, it says he takes out a red, when he gets out of jail, he goes to his car in the trunk, he takes out a red satin suit. Okay. I said, hey, this guy's supposed to be a mastermind, okay? Yeah. He, he spent four years because he knew he had the money. Yeah. He was going to go. And out of the trunk of his car, he pulls a red satin suit. It's just ridiculous. He would have had more knowledge of yeah. like, what's money. Yeah. So I, I, they said, well, what would you do? I said, well, just give me a, a chance here. Yeah. I'm going to present something. Okay. And I went through four-year-old. Esquires and GQs. And I found a shorter version of Double Breasted because Ooh. I didn't want him flying away when no. he's running. And this way, he, he had to keep a certain posture most yeah. of the time. Yeah. And it worked. It does. And, it, uh, it helps. So and, you got Armani connected in 48 hours? Well, I'll tell you why. I went to those Esquire and GQs yeah. and I saw this shorter version, Double Breasted. And I said, that's incredible. That's it. Who's the guy? Armani. Yeah. I called their office in New York. And from that minute on, they were all over me. But it, it was just an incredible thing. I, he, I, they gave me six um, suits right. made. I sent them the fabric from England, the <clears throat> Prince of Wales, very conservative. I went against the grain with Eddie because God knows he could handle it and he looked yeah. great. And that yeah. was it. So um, that's how I met Armani. By I said, do you have that pattern? Can If I send you fabric, we will pay for it. Yeah. Would you be able to, to do that, to supply that? Right. And they wanted to be involved, so they did. Now, did they get credit? Because the credit on The Untouchables was a very kind of tricky thing that... The wardrobe buy. I fought for that with... a. One of the heads of studios, Dawn Steele, may she rest in peace, was a friend of mine. Yeah. And she only wanted to meet him and you know, Armani. Right, right. I wound up, I was in uh, Italy for three weeks making, oh. I made the gloves at Alpo. <sighs> I made the hats in Italy. While I was waiting to do, you know, the shirts and the top, I made it all. And uh, waiting for the factory to do the outfits. Okay. What I learned was, in Italy, one factory does the slacks, and another factory oh. does the vests. How do they keep the dye lot right? I, I mean, it's amazing. So interesting. I know, and they they piece it, and then they bring it together, and that's that's it. So anyway, he charged me for the show. Uh, uh, what was it? Under under cost. You know, hundreds of dollars under cost. Got it. And I had him get a credit, you know, yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah. So when it came to the untouchables, I had this idea about using, you know, they they beautiful patterns could do so well. I totally was in a I was in a fa exactly wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I was in my own fantasy. Um, it was crazy. That was crazy. I had the studio, and I begged them. I was on my hands and knees. Please give him a front credit wardrobe. He is supplying us with. Yeah. And I showed them the amount I had made with them. We put the set fabric. So I even wow. made the shirt. I made the shirts. Wow. And the ties. And the ties. I did everything while I was there. Because I can't sit still anyway. I 
well, that, like colla that, that collaboration though, because you worked with Armani and De Niro's personal guy and all the rest of the cast for Lando. the touch like May he rest in peace. Yeah. Wow, you got to work with the I mean that's hard as a designer too to let other designers in, you know. Well if they have an ego problem, it's a big deal. But they shouldn't. I mean, you know, we're all trying, we work on the same thing together. Who's getting the kudos? Who cares? Let's just bring it. You know what I think? I think it's more the fans perception of and that's why I brought a black a swan because Rodarte made some of the costumes, but they weren't the costume designer. You know, you were the costume designer on the Untouchables and Armani supplied it. He, so with my wardrobe supply, supplied, but the story goes like this. And if you ever are going to, um, uh, to talk to Dan Lester, uh, he was with me and I came back from Italy and the, the thing, the clothing started coming because yeah. I went with a chart with every color for each character. Oh, and I love styling. it. Yeah, <sighs> the hats, the So I was able to go around Italy and get the things that I had on the board, including suspenders. I had those made there. So uh, the clothing comes and he made De Niro, like he, it looked like clown clothes. I mm. swear on my life, large, bold check with he did his own thing right after i left he did his own thing and um you could ask dan we the the i was so excited everything came from italy it started yeah. coming in we're opening it up and we're like looking at each other what uh, this is not what we this is not what i put out there as a costume designer right and you're getting it <sighs> so yeah. did you have to start so, from scratch again we gave him a $250,000 credit. He, he gave us supposedly $250,000 worth of wardrobe. Okay. I overdyed everything. Right. Coats. Well, the saturation of the palette on the Untouchables, nothing was clowny, nothing was bright. Nothing was, you right. had a very great palette. Right. But this man, he did his own boards or whatever he did and this was his idea of i mean you know fashion designers uh, i'm they're wonderful but of they course. can do what they they their expression is on their clothing we have to express through the character that's a good point that's a good point it has to come through oh i love that point totally it's it's true because how else are you just going to dress everyone? You know, you're not doing a Broadway play. It's not a chorus line. Right. You know, it's not, so it's an individual thing. And it's very important that, uh, and they feel it too. The actor. Oh, they the actors have that. to, I, I, you know, like yeah. if you look at the breakfast club, you've got oh. every type of personality that has to wear the same outfit on camera every single i mean there was a different at the end obviously. layers i used layers <laughs> that was it no you nailed you nailed the jock the popular girl without having it be tracy so funny tracy feels the costume designer and she's like oh my god i want to die you <laughs> nailed every character and you can tell and i could be wrong but you can tell that as an actor you gave them life did you watch those uh, actors come alive with their costumes afterward, you know, you, you saw the difference. 
I saw the difference, but I yeah. wasn't with them during all of the fittings or anything because I was doing two other movies. Of course. You, well, that was going to be one of my questions. <laughs> if you look at the release dates, they're all the same. So you did that and then jumped and then went back to another project. And I had to go, yeah. And uh, Fast Times was the first film I did, a uh, high school movie. And uh, that was a story where I was almost arrested going on the campus of the Van Nuys High School. <laughs> And walking around with a Polaroid that's the size of, you know, a small 19-inch TV. And so I'm walking around taking Polaroids because I don't know what the kids in California look like. I have no clue. I come from the East Coast. I love that you're on campus. Like, um, oh, uh, Eric, <laughs> that's what Eric Damon, Eric Damon from Gossip Girl would go on campus and take pictures. Everyone's like, who's this guy? But that's illegal because the kids are <laughs> underage. I, but the police were coming. Anyway, oh my gosh. I'm on the campus and I'm seeing like the cheerleaders. They had their look. The stoners. Yep. They were the Sean's group were perfect. And then they had the collegiate guys, you know, the jocks. And everything was so. And that's what I did. I followed the lead of what they looked What was like. real. Yeah, exactly. So as I'm moseying around with my huge camera, the security guard comes over. <laughs> He said, um, they want to see you in the office. Okay. I said, okay. You got sent to the principal office, Marilyn. <laughs> I got sent. I said, they had already called the police. And um, I told him, I said, look, I come from the East Coast. I don't know what the kids look like. I'm doing a movie. It's an opportunity for me to do this and to figure out what the kids are like. So I do it well and portray Right, right. You know? And he said, oh, you know, the, the, the principal, the dean, whatever he was. Yeah. Well, you know, I already called Universal. They're calling me back. <gasps> who, who is making the film there? I, I told them the names of my producers. Oh, they wanted said, you to prove that you knew the people to check your references. Got it. Yeah, they never yeah. had anybody coming on to the campus yeah. with a camera the size of a 19-inch <laughs> TV. <laughs> I, so, I'm looking at the story from Eduardo and he was talking about he had to recut the suits for Sean Connery after Armani made them for the Rising Sun. Because yes, of, we, yeah, we discussed that. The guy gets, he's so big. He, he just gets carried away with himself. He wants to be, do that. Oh, Got I it. want to do that. And he's starstruck, okay? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Big I, time. And I really liked him. I really did. And he was very nice to me. And at the same time, I met another wonderful Italian designer who had a company, Nino Sciarutti. Oh, and, oh, totally. Yeah. 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 I, I got very close with Nino. He helped me with a lot of different things. And he brought me to Paris for the men's fashion shows. I never, what a spectacle oh my god now have you written a book because i told eduardo castro um, he needed are you in the process? okay yes okay good i just want to make sure that this is done because well, if not <laughs> we're gonna well, make it the happen academy has all my boards what i do is i do character boards okay with character uh, the feeling like even for romancing the stone i believe that's how i got the movie by portraying i even cut out eyes a look in the eye like like uh well that's a producer in you also yeah, that, that's, that's where I see it. 
yeah, but that, but I, so I do all that. I don't call them mood boards. I, yeah. have, I have a problem about that. They're character boards. Yeah, true, true. They come from the script. What mood is that? I mean, you know, it doesn't, I know fashion designing, that's a mood. That's, you know, can take you. You're right. We're taking the scripts and the characters and we're making them come. We're telling a story like, through our wardrobe. You know, we're enhancing exactly the story. Exactly. Who yeah. they are, you can tell where they come from, who they are, what they're about, basically, from a quick glance. Now, you, you say know? the Academy owns your boards. What is, the, it's like an archive yeah, or something? They, they, yeah, they have archiving. Of, I have 60 boards. And what I'm doing is I'm going to give them everything. So they are digitizing all the pictures and the boards. And I, when we are done with that, I will yeah. be presenting the book to a publisher. And we, and of course, I have to start writing all my, like I'm talking to you, the story yeah. behind Great. each thing. Uh, because when I, when I went over there, I did some uh, work with with them, excuse me, on the side, just yeah. helping out. And um, they had, they, I just realized that this is interesting. You know, they don't really, they don't have like the heart or they just don't have what's really feeling. What it's actually, these yeah. films and the actors and actresses, they just have photographs or sketches and it's so cold. You know? No, yeah, it doesn't feel, okay, I don't want to cut you off, but here's what we're going to do because okay. we have two minutes left, okay? So everyone who is watching, I've got about 10 more minutes with Marilyn. I've got uh, a new thing called Mandy's Minutes. I'm going to throw six questions at you. We're going to answer six questions in one minute. Um, so everyone, so we're going to log off because it's only going to give me one minute left, but we're going to log back on for about 10, 15 more minutes. Is that okay, Marilyn? Okay. Fine with me. I, I could talk to you forever. So viewers, we're going to come back for 10. We're going to log off now, but you guys are going to rejoin me. So don't go anywhere. Okay, Marilyn, I'm going to log off. Hi. <laughs> Just like that. I love it. Okay. I love it. It's, yeah, you're wonderful too. Oh my God. Thank you. You really are because you, you get everything. You understand. You've got a passion. For, oh my God. And for design. Thank and you. not everybody, you know. They, they're good at what they do. They're, yeah. looking, they're soldiers and they do a good job. But there's, you know, that other thing. Right. I can't do without. You, you can't do without. Crazy. We can't shake it if we tried. It's in yeah. us. Like we can't yeah. <laughs> get rid of it. It is. It's, and it's freaky because to some people. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, you know, we'll be like in a line. And I swear back in the day you had your Polaroid. But now I'll still take pictures of people and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not talking shit. Like, I literally like what you have on or where'd you get that or where'd you I talk, know, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to be weird. Are you the kind of person that when you see somebody make the effort, do you tell them like, hey, you look awesome or hey, I like if, that? If we're, if we're in the same place or going in the same direction. Yeah, and yeah. I have, absolutely. Don't I can't you? help myself. And it can yeah. make their day too. You never know. Like you just say something cool or say something nice. A okay. Of ours had an office. Uh, she made a lot of commercials, and she had an elderly woman was so beautiful, dressed to the nines every day. She gave her sort of a, a job so she could come every day and feel good about herself. She was almost eighty at the time. Right. 
it was a beautiful thing. And um, this woman was extraordinary. The hair, everything. Everything, so, because you know why? You realize like those people, who knows what that woman, that woman could have been a fashion designer. She could have done plays. Who knows? She, she, uh, but no one cared. Through. No one really cared. It was, you get to an age, she was at that age where she had to feel good about herself. And, she and that did. was the main thing. Yeah. I did a paper called Invisible when I wasn't working for a minute. I started to feel invisible. And then when I realized like my mom is handicapped and she used to be a beauty queen, how does she, you know, getting older, you start to feel invisible. And then you realize that you turn it over to caring about yourself again, because it's not that everyone's going to turn their head anymore. It's not going to be your show, you know, the Mandy line show walking down the street anymore. It's going to be really about your integrity. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that's why my paper's called invisible. I hate that moment. I was like, wait a minute. Every head used to turn. Hello. Yeah, really? <laughs> well, let me tell you, you were still on fire and what, what you have brought to, if you guys follow Marilyn, not only is she going to have a podcast, not only is she going to have a book, but her her family is pretty damn interesting too. So this beauty is just, you know, look where it comes from. Okay. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, people becoming stars, like Eduardo had a, Eduardo had a story about, you know, Julia Roberts in the parking lot auditioning for pretty woman. Yeah. Someone yeah. like Julia Roberts on pretty woman, who wasn't a star yet, did you in your gut know, like, we've got someone here that's gonna be someone, something, you know, bigger one day? Did you have that feeling? Of all the girls uh, that came on, she yeah. was so natural and mm -hmm. that smile, and she was so gawky, you know? She, <laughs> she's a little clumsy and it was so charming. And lanky, right? She wasn't yeah. necessarily an hourglass. Yeah. Well, I, well, she doesn't have an hourglass. She, yeah. You know, we had to design things to enhance what she did have. Right, right. And that's, a, you know, a lot of story in itself. But she was amazing. I was but you so could happy. see the star power? You could feel it? They, you know what? It, it was, uh, she was unbelievable. So natural, you know, yeah. so natural and funny mm -hmm. and gawky. You know, she was kind mm -hmm. of like... I loved it. I loved her. And I have not seen her since. We have not even ran in. I know. <laughs> it's got to happen. You guys would have an amazing dinner. We got to figure out how to hook this up. Anne Foley know. knows John Lennox. John Lennox, our friend, knows Julia Roberts. We're going to make this happen, Anne. Somehow we're going to have to <gasps> hook this up who's together. The, who's the guy, John Lennox? He's a producer friend of ours. I mean, oh, you know, like oh, the six sorry. degrees of Kevin Bacon? There's got to be somebody that we all know. We're going to make this Julia Robertson, Marilyn Vance dinner happen. And I'm going to sit at a table across and just stare. How about that? <laughs> I love it. I like to ask this question. Um, and then we're going to get to the Mandy's minutes. And then we'll be done, even though I can talk to Marilyn forever. If you were, because, I mean, you have been around for these movies that I would love to be a fly on the wall for. Is there, I know that Bonnie and Clyde was one of the first films that inspired you. Is there a film that you wish that you could be a fly on the wall for, that you could watch the designer do their thing, whether it's in the past or the present? Is there some show, some movie that you wish you could just observe on and take in? Is there a movie that you loved like that? Not today. 
to that but, today. <laughs> but yeah, but like my family were into the old musicals, you know, singing oh, right. and And those are the things that inspired me. Totally. Watching their, I had no choice but to watch what they watch. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. TV, and that was it. And they belonged to the Columbia Music Club. So you could imagine, you know, the music. All the influence you had from them. Wow. It is. It's uh, honestly fighting and screaming, but I got it. You know, I had to absorb it. And uh, that helped me a great deal. Right, right. So those are the movies that, like, inspired you, helped you that, you know, if you had a minute, you're like, okay, I want to go back in time and see how that happened. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Like okay, Marlo so Rando I've got on the waterfront, Bruce Willis. You know, you you have to uh, go to extremes, and I love all the different genres. I'll, I just love you. It. Did Die Hard, and you did Breakfast Club. Like, talk about extremes. Right. Like Die Hard God. one and two. <laughs> oh my God! Now you worked with Alan Rickman. Huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I love Alan. He was. I mean, God rest his soul. Oh. What a have, lovely... you ever, have you ever seen a movie called Closet Land? No. I bet Eduardo. Eduardo's seen freaking everything. If I any know. of the He's viewers amazing. have not seen Closet Land, this is something you should see, Marilyn, too. It's Madeline Stowe, Alan Rickman in one room with no doors, and it's about government brainwashing, and it was put on by Amnesty International. Closet Land. Watch it because visually... It will inspire the crap out of you. It's, it's, yeah, Closet Land. It's beautiful. So Alan Rickman, was Alan Rickman and Bruce Willis in the same movie? How the heck was that? How were those personalities, to be honest? Well, you know, they had to, uh, we had the 20th Century Fox building was just almost finished. Okay. And the floor that we got, we were, we got permission to shoot in that building okay. right behind Fox studio. And, uh, it was just incredible. We were all too busy. There was never a, sh a chance for them to really sit and get together. Got because it. Bruce was the mess. You know, he was always uh, <laughs> crawling or doing, and we blew up windows and glass all over the place. And um, that was, they were very good to me, though, the studio. Uh, I said, I need, to, I need to shop for the, uh, the terrorists. They come from Europe. Yeah. They come from all over Europe. Did they right. let you go to Europe to shop? Yeah, I did. <gasps> I said, you, you can't let me go to Eddie Bauer. You can't do this. No, with that. no. They have to have a flavor, and it, they'll, it'll turn them on, too, if <sighs> they're part of something. And they let me do it, thank God. Wow. Yeah. Well, you have these European clothes, but then you have... If you can remember, how many white tank tops did you have for Bruce Willis? 17. You knew it. I knew you would know. <laughs> 17 done up and yeah. 17, you know, starting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Progression. 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 Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of um, <coughs> students. That was first for me. That was the first time for me. Was that it was, to do oh, something yeah. like that where you, the continuity was crazy like that, right? Doing the movies that I wound up doing, it was like, I took, I, I just didn't want to get stuck in a genre. I really, you know, that's why Romancing the Stone, I had taken that. And that's what John Hughes had asked me to do, six, 16 Candles. And I said, I already took a film. Yep. 
because I had done fast time. So it's enough or, you know, enough. So I like that. I was wondering, because I was looking at your resume and I was like, did she do 16 candles? So instead of 16 candles, you did romance in the stone. Correct. And when I came back, first Great John Hughes didn't want to talk to me. And <gasps> I said, I don't know why you didn't want to talk to me. I had accepted, I had a contract. I was working already doing Romance in the Stone. Okay, okay, okay. So, so he took you back. <laughs> coming, coming back to, to uh, LA, I'm, you know, whatever, going along. And I got a call to, to come and meet uh they want to send me this scripts and that's yeah. how that started because from then on i did almost all his young movies that's so i love that you answered that question because i wasn't going to ask but i was wondering because i saw all of the films and then i was like hmm, 16 candles that's so interesting but now i see because let me tell you romance in the stone i saw that in the theater like three times i remember seeing that with those i love doing it yeah was it fun it was difficult but I can imagine challenging. I and like wet, challenging. And wet and sticky and hot and personality. Exactly. Oh, personality. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't imagine. <laughs> oh yeah. <gasps> wow. Oh my God, Marilyn. Everybody that's been here for an hour and fifteen minutes. I am so thankful for all you guys. I'm gonna do something at the end called, and I'm gonna kind of start this called Mandy's minutes. We've got sixty seconds. Are you ready for this? We've got six questions. Easy. Okay. Okay. Favorite movie? Uh, Could be contemporary or, you know, is there like a genre of a favorite movie? Not really. I have so many favorite. You know, I like all the different something in each area I love. Give me your favorite horror film. My favorite horror film. Uh, the, the young girl talking. What was that? The first, Harry, I can't think of the title. Oh, my God. That's okay. We'll come back to it. Maybe somebody can give us a, the, it, uh, was it Drew Barrymore? No. No, that was, uh, wasn't that E.T. or something? There was like the Firestarter one that she did. That was a horror film. Oh, I, did, I never saw that. This is a little girl. Uh, they did. Oh, The Sixth two. Sense? The Sixth Sense? No, no. I like that film. I, I like thinking, that one. Oh, Poltergeist. Oh, I think it was that. Yeah, that was the that first, was like the first one. Okay, uh, so I've got a question from uh, a student. I believe she might go to FIDM. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to your question, Emily. Don't. I won't forget. I want to ask this really quick. If you were to be left in one retail store for the rest of your life, what would it be? Even if it's bankrupt or gone out of business. Remember, like career oh, okay. opportunities. Barney is done. Yeah, they're gone. Perfect. Is there an item in your closet, it could be the pretty woman hat, that you just cannot part with? If the fire was burning the house down, you're going to grab. What would pretty, it be? Pretty much that. And also a, a jacket that I made for Kelly LeBrock for Weird Science. That was another movie I wish I could talk about forever, too. But Weird Science, what an epic film with a uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Kelly LeBrock. Is she like six foot ten? Is she so tall? No. Oh, she's not tall? No. She's like uh, five, seven, five, seven. That's it? Yeah. I don't think she's 5'8", even. Yeah. Wow. Well, whatever you did to make her look so grand, I mean... Well, it, she it, was against these skinny young guys. I know. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, are you... Uh, oh, something that you've watched in quarantine that you love. Is there something that you've watched recently? 
on Netflix. I don't, it, a, a Hispanic film. Okay. Uh, actually, it's a series. I, I just loved it. Uh, I just finished it. That's it's okay. Called... Text me later and I'll put the answer up on Instagram. Okay. Don't worry. Um, are you, growing up, were you a heels girl or a flats girl as far as shoes went? Um, I was definitely more of a flats girl, but a boots. Boots. I, wore, I, I noticed that. With boots. You love your boots. I saw that. Um, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, I just love ice cream so much. So ice cream. <laughs> Forget about it. There you go. Um, okay, I've got two questions from the fans, and then I'll let you go because I know you're doing your podcast, your book, you got everything. Um, if you have some words of advice to college students watching this, whether it's schooling, whether it's experience, is there something that you think that the younger generation should really keep in mind going into this business, some advice, some, something important that you can give them? To, to look at themselves and never lose sight of who they are and what their aspirations are. Uh, they, they can't just, you know, they, they want to design for a reason something has turned them on whatever that is true they should really examine that and check off i like this because of that i like that you know and understand a direction for themselves otherwise forget about it because it we do characters we wind up when you're doing movies you're doing characters mm -hmm. when you're designing clothes you're doing what you like mm -hmm. what you think the people should be wearing but a movie is what the character should be. And yeah, don't forget should, that. Yeah, yeah, they should play around with that too. Not just, you know, sketching a gorgeous gown or, but do some character stuff. Do, do a progression of something. What a girl would start out like. I used to do that. To, my mother turned me on to doing that, to be honest with you. She said, well, what would you do? You know, I, so I would start at six years old. I said, see how bad you dress me? I'm never going to. <laughs> You're like, this is why I'm doing That's this. That's not going to happen. And I did my own progression. And I started uh, sketching what I liked for myself. Not that I'm a great sketcher. I love that you things. did character development on yourself. Yes. I love this. Yeah. I live with crazy characters. Are you kidding? I, exactly. You come from the evil. That's a lot of times my I always say. seven brothers. Hello. Seven brothers. And you have two sons, correct? Were they, were they born around the time that you're doing 75 films at one time? Did you have to no, juggle? No, unfortunately, no, they weren't. Okay. But my family started the jewelry exchange in New York City, 49th Street. Yeah. Wow. My grandmother, my grandmother was a stone cutter. Uh, yeah, crazy. That's a whole other thing. We'll but no, that, you know what? That'll be in the book. We're going to read about this in the book. It's fine. You've got You material. will, and I hope you'll get to see it as a series. Yeah, I hope. We'll see. Wow. This is so, I could just, I'm in awe. Now I'll take one more question from the audience. I mean, everyone has just been so thankful. You're so oh, cute. They're you, thankful to you because they know you're going to do something interesting and turn some on. And that's why I'm looking at you right now. Huh? Thank you. No, thank you for taking the time. One question that I wanted to ask Ferris Bueller's vest over that white t-shirt, the leopard vest that he wears in all the trailers. Was that new or vintage? Was that? Marshall Fields 
Okay. Sleeves cut off a cardigan. There we go. There's the answer I've been dying for. Was it a cardigan to begin with? Yes. Uh, yes. Well, yes. Marilyn, you're so, I mean, I, uh, how was it? Let's be honest. How was it like to work with Matthew Broderick before he was anybody? Was he was he was already uh, a little something? I mean, John was, was very well behaved around him. Yeah, they, yeah. You would have these very insane intellectual conversations in their trailers. Okay, do but, things um, exactly. Yeah. From my point of view, he was great. You great. know, good. To dress. Good. I just had it all set up already because his character would have done this. They lived in a part of uh, upwardly mobile part of Chicago. So the mother was wearing Armani. The father was, you know, well-dressed. What would this guy be doing? So right. I would try to solve problems like that and create a look. Once again, that was a Perry Ellis suit he wore <laughs> to pick her up, a cheesy cotton Perry Ellis so <laughs> hot. from Marshall Fields. Yeah, and he wore the pants the whole film with the vest, you know, mismatched. That's right, that's right, because he has to go and he sings. Right. And then the white, the um, Sloan, which by, what, by the way, the way that you dress Sloan in the leather and the, do you know that people named their kids after that movie and oh dressed God. like her? I mean, what you did with Cameron in the hockey jersey her in the leather. I had to call him, the hockey guy, the real guy. Yeah. He let me have it for him. Was it the Detroit Red Wings? What was yeah. it? The, right? It okay. Was, yeah. It was Gordie Howe. Gordie Howe. Huge, huge. Yeah. Such a famous. Oh, my God. That's right. My mom would be so happy that I knew that name. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I could get into every character because, you know, what's interesting about doing research for this interview your movies and the costumes are so ingrained in my head. Marilyn Vance, you are forever in our hearts, in our heads, before I leave you. So you've got the podcast. Do you, are you, are you working in the, I mean, I know you've got so many things going on now. Do you still design, produce? What are you, what's your, what's I your. I would design, I would totally design, but I, I have some projects that I'd like to you know, get made, but this climate now, who the hell knows? I mean, I mean, you know, who the hell knows if I'll ever design again? I want to. Right. But no, it's, it's so different. Even, even before this COVID, the industry's changing. It's different. You've got people accepting rates that we won't accept anymore. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got, you know, it's, there's so many different factors with. Well, yeah. No, I tell was, me. Yeah. I was never colorblind. I loved, uh, I worked a lot. You know, Eddie was a big deal for me to right. start with. And uh, Richard Pryor, I did his life story with him. Did you? And, you worked with Richard Pryor too? Jojo Dancer, your life story. Oh my God, story. that's right. Wow. When he burns up. Oh, it was, oh, I could, you know. Yeah, it was a very intense uh journey that right way. no yeah. your work is so diverse before you know now it's it's an awareness that we need to produce diverse films work with yeah you know diverse material and i think like you said you took good jobs you took good work whatever the That's heck i wasn't yeah. available for all the academy nominated movies <laughs> well you know what the movies that you have done are winners to me You've got my Oscars. You've got my awards. Oh, you've got you. 
so many fans. You are truly a legend, career achievement award winning. And just so you, I looked at my hand, these are people that I had to text this morning that you were going to be my guest. <laughs> so I had to remember, okay, I got to tell these people. You're so <laughs> I am so grateful for this time and this opportunity to fulfill my dreams. And like I keep on saying, the guests that I choose are who the heck I want to talk to. So I am so thankful that you took this time and everybody Thank that tuned you. in. I think you're incredible and I do anything for you and I'm going to have, you have to come onto my podcast. Oh, done. I'm already signed up. Done. You, you just have to tell me if you want to come on with our agent or yourself. <laughs> you know what, whatever you want me to do, whatever you need, Marilyn, I'm signed up and hopefully by then I'll have some nice nails. Um, I just adore <laughs> what I you. What about you is you're very real. You know, there's no bullshit. It's that's a, <laughs> What you see is what you get. Is that what attracts the two of us? I think we got that East Coast mentality and you've got this LA girl yeah. from Simi Valley. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect, perfect, right? I love it. Uh, well, and you're a fabulous person and you're beautiful. Beautiful. Oh my God. You're, you're making my day. Beautiful. No, stop it. Thank you. No, I get, no, because from a legend like you saying what you're saying, You've made my week already. And thank you for everybody tuning in. And if you guys ever have any questions, you can DM Marilyn yes, on her Instagram. Please. She's super happy to answer. And I, um, I feel grateful. And I am going to say goodbye. But thank you. And this, is, this relationship isn't over. You and I aren't that's, over. Just that's her show. Sure. Okay, that's good. It. Good. Okay, okay love. Okay, tell your family you hello. So much. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Bye, sweetheart. Bye.